Hello and welcome to Roses and Rhetoric episode number 50. Um, I, unfortunately, my scrappy co-host is not here with me today, but fortunately, we have guest co-host Ginny from the GNT podcast. Hey. And we are broadcasting today from Porto, Portugal, as you can see behind us. Uh, we have a very special episode planned for today. Uh, we have a music review or not a music review, but a movie review, rather, for Cabin in the Woods 2, which Ginny will read, as well as a travel review for mainland Greece. But before we get started, Ginny and I just had a very uh, interesting food experience, I would say, <laughs> at a restaurant we just came from. Um, Ginny, do you want to talk a little bit about that and give the the listener slash viewer some context on where we're coming from? Yeah, so I think I need to start off by saying I am like a really big foodie. It's something that um, defines me as a human. I love going out to eat, love cooking, love culinary experiences, love it all. One of my like idols is Anthony Bourdain, rest in peace. Um, so a little side note is we... Um, Pretty much everywhere we've gone, I'm like, okay, we have to watch the Anthony Bourdain episode. So we watched the one on Portugal. And there's a scene where they talk about, um, well, Anthony's like, why hasn't Portuguese cuisine taken off like it has in, um, um, you know, like other cuisines like Spanish and um, Italian and French cuisine has in America. But like, why hasn't Portuguese cuisine taken off? Um, and this uh, guy from Portugal was like, well, because it's it's the Americans' fault, and you guys just don't like it. I don't know why. And so, um, you know, I was kind of excited to try the Portuguese food. Anthony Bourdain was really talking it up, and, um, you know, it, it just seemed really good. So I think I need to say, like, a few of the examples of what has happened to us so far with our cuisine uh, that we've had here. Uh, the first night we had... So cod is like a really big dish, bacalao is what they call it here, um, a really big dish in Porto. So we went to a restaurant that just serves like cod and all these different styles. Our first night here, um, we got home, we both got really sick. Um, so that was kind of like our first experience uh, with the Portuguese food. And then, um, I don't know, we just had like a series of, like Joe was kind of giving me some, um, you know, giving me a hard time because I was like giving him bad. He was like, "Why do you keep taking me to bad places?" <laughs> so, so I. Anyways, this has just been like a phenomenon that we've had. So this morning we have this like full plan. I'm like, we have to go to the church. We have to go um, get breakfast. We have to record the podcast, and we have to go to the beach. So I had this like plan. So we wake up like pretty early for us. I am not gonna lie. I mean, Joe. Um, you know, I mean, I, we just, we just have like really late internal clocks, I guess. So like, we don't really get our day started until like, what would you say? Yeah, we've just uh, shifted our waking hours a little <laughs> bit later in the day. Yeah, so we don't get started until much later. So we got up early today and um, do this plan. We, I find this restaurant, it doesn't have that many reviews, but they were all like pretty good reviews. I think there's like 100 reviews. Um, we show up we ask for something they're like oh our full menu isn't up and then there's like this going back and forth between the waiter and he's like running off and like forgetting what we order and like 
I, it kind of came down to this yeah. point for me where I was like, he had to go to his car. Yeah. We're, we'd been sitting here for about like 45 minutes, like going back and forth with the sweater. And I'm just like, I'm getting coffee. I'm not getting anything else. Joe's like, okay, I'm going to get some protein, like something small. He was like really trying to convince me to get something small. But I was like, I, I just can't, I just know something's going to be off here. Um, just based on the service. So uh, Joe gets this uh, meat stick. Um, and Sausage, I believe is what it's called. Yeah, it was like, a, but it's like on a stick. It's like a metal stick. And they come out and it's like uh, over this like bed of alcohol. I don't really know how to describe it. And he's like lighting this alcohol and it's not lighting. And... <laughs> He's like um, dipping this lighter like into the alcohol. Yeah. Like trying to get it to light. And we're he, just sitting there watching yeah, it. Yeah, we're like, what is happening? And I was waiting for this like big flame or something um, explosive to happen. And nothing, you know, it's just, it wasn't really lighting. And then um, it finally lit, but because it was windy, we couldn't see the flames. So we were like, okay. So, so it's like cooking. And he's like, uh, well, do you know what to do? Yeah, he's like, he's walking <laughs> away and he's like, you know how to do it, right? And we're like, no. Like, do what? <laughs> Yeah, he's just like hands us this meat stick, and then, um, anyways, then we, uh, the the flame goes out, and we're like, okay, because he he tells us to, he's like, oh, you got to spin it, you got to spin the skewer, and yeah, like, do like a little like rotisserie, and it's like, how, how long did I do this for? Yeah, huh? he, I, and so he, he, the flame goes out. Joe's like, all right, I'm gonna try it. Uh, Joe tries it immediately. His face is like, like bad face, and I'm like, you don't like it, huh? And he's like. He was like, he, he, Joe, okay, Joe is like very conscientious. Like if I probably get a meal I don't like at a restaurant, I'll just like send it back. I'm, I don't like uh, paying for things that I hate. But Joe was like really, really more conscientious about something like that. So um, so I had to like kind of pry it out of him. I'm like, it's cold, isn't it? And he's like, <laughs> he's like yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it looks kind of raw at this point. And then the server comes back. He's like, done already? And we're like, we're like, uh, it's cold. I'm like, it's cold. Joe's like, I, Joe's just being silent. I'm like, it's cold. Uh, I don't know if it's supposed to be cold. And, and he's like, he's like, no. Then he brings back the lighter again. And he tries lighting it. It's not lighting. They take it back into the restaurant. It comes out like five minutes later. It's like burnt to a char. <laughs> the sausage. They didn't even mess around well, with bringing the. Well, he brought the lighter out again. And tried yeah. to light it, right? We, and he just couldn't light it yeah. again. So they brought, so they took it back in, came out five minutes later, it's burnt to a char. Joe eats like three bites. He gets down to like the butt of the sausage. I'm like, Joe, don't eat the butt. Cause he's just like making like faces the whole time. And I just knew he hated it. So I was like, let's run. Like, let's get out of here. We were like debating our exit plan, but yeah. uh, we paid, we left. And now we're at a cute little coffee shop on top of this cliff. Church is right above us. So we'll go there after this and uh, well, then beach after. Just a quick final notes on that. While I was inside paying for the for the sausage, the charred sausage stick, um, the server actually said that he works another job at another place. So he gave us a good recommendation for a, another follow-up <laughs> restaurant we can go to later today. <laughs> no. It's called P4 Lounge Bar and Grill. No way. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, so uh, we, uh, we probably won't go there. I don't know. <laughs> Trust this guy anymore. <laughs> so yeah, that's our little that's our little Portuguese experience. But um, otherwise, Portugal is like super super beautiful, guys, and uh, it's really nice. And you know, maybe you don't like Portuguese cuisine, you can always uh, 
find some Chinese food. Sure. Um, but anyways, this is supposed to be a mainland Greece review yes. today, not a Portugal review. Yes. So let's let's talk Greece. Yeah. So I think we're just gonna tell the story in chronological order. Um, do you want me to start it off, and we'll just kind of take turns, sure. or what are you thinking? Yeah. Go ahead. I need to sip on this lemonade a little bit. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. All right. So we we'll start from the very beginning. So in order to go abroad, you have to get a COVID test, and um, so Joe needed a COVID test, and uh, Joe uh, doesn't like following directions, and he doesn't like... <laughs> Wait, is that wrong? You do? I love directions. You <laughs> hate directions. You hate directions. Okay, just continue. <laughs> so... So uh, all the United sends us like this list of things we have to get done before we comply, and um, I'm the only one that read it. I don't think Joe read it at all. And so it said, uh, get a COVID test 48 hours um, before your trip. And so for me, it was like, okay, 48 hours before we leave. So I tell Joe, go get a COVID test on this day. Like you need to get tested. I find him a place. He goes and gets the test. Um, he finally reads the instructions from United and it tells him, no, it's not 48 hours before you leave. It's 48 hours before you arrive. So Joe, uh, I'm so sorry. I totally dropped the ball on that one. Yeah, I, I made the unfortunate mistake of uh, outsourcing the scheduling of my test without reading the directions, um, which is fine because like COVID tests are something that the more of them, the better, right? Sure. The more yeah, practice yeah. you get, the more your nasal cavities get violated, the the better a man you are. I yeah. Like to think. Yeah. Exactly. That's what that's what so, I have always said too. So we didn't realize that the test wasn't going to be valid until the day that our trip was supposed to happen, that we were supposed to get on our flight. And uh, I think our flight left at like one or two. Yeah, it was in the afternoon. Sometime. And then we woke up. Like, well, you were you were for man. I was at mine. I like called you super early, and I was like, um. So, so like, what was, what was the test result? And you're like, you're like, I have to go get a test right now. I'm on the way right now. And so Joe had to go get a test that same morning. Yeah, the morning we're supposed to leave for the international flight. Yeah. I had to go to, like, two different places because the first place, there's, like, the PCR test and the antigen test, and only one of them works, and only one of them can be done at certain places. And This was, like, in the beginning. This was, like, in July. So, like, people hadn't really shored up the process for tests, and yeah. no one really knew what was happening. So... Yeah, it, it was a it was a dumpster fire. And I worked that morning, so um, um, I called Joe, and I couldn't really help you because I was working. And I think I got off at like uh, noon that day. And I, you know, we had this whole plan like let's go to the gym before, like let's we have our flight, um, you know, like let's move because you know we're gonna be on, on an airplane for twenty four hours, and pretty much that all just went to. You know, that just didn't happen. It didn't happen. So, so but Joe got his test. He passed and um, I picked him up. I think, I think you're a little uh, cranky at me <laughs> that day. And then we made our merry way to um, the airport. So we got to the airport. Our flight kept getting delayed, which was actually a good thing because of the, you had to get tested and, um, <laughs> I, and I think like your uh, one of your friends also went over 
to your apartment recently and was like, your house is in shambles. And you're like, yeah, I believe in a rush. <laughs> so yeah. Um, Clothes everywhere. Yeah. Refrigerator probably open. Probably. Oven probably on. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> Scary. Uh, so yeah, we finally, um, we were a little worried though, because the flight kept getting delayed. We had like this really big tour. Um, the ne- so I think our flight was like on a Thursday and then it takes like, because you, you move forward a day, but then the flight's also 24 hours. So it essentially takes you like two days to get somewhere. Um, so this is like on a Thursday or Friday. We had a flight to Chicago that kept getting delayed. And that was the last flight from Chicago to Europe um, of the evening. Because it was like midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, we I think we arrived in Chicago with like, 20 or 10 minutes to spare and yeah like we touched down and then the next flight left in 10 minutes at least on paper scheduled to leave in 10 minutes from chicago to germany yeah and yeah we were we got off the plane and i just started running because like i didn't want to miss the flight and then next thing i know i look back and she's just like behind me i was like says, go on without me go without me go without me oh i was hoping you'd like stop the plane <laughs> for me i was like hopefully joe will yeah pull through stop the plane for me or something go like stand in the runway tell him to stop and wait for me yeah so so i ran ahead i stopped the plane i held it until jenny caught, caught up <laughs> no they were so luckily they were actually waiting for us which was really really nice they were and there was like a few other people on our flight that were also headed to Europe. So we um, got on and we were, I was like sweating because, you know, it gets cold on airplanes. So I had like a jacket on, but I also am not really good at cardio. So I was like sweating and my face was like dripping sweat and I had my mask on. And as you know, if you like are wearing a mask and you're like sweating, you're just like, it's like the grossest feeling in the whole world. So we got on and uh, we flew with LaFonza. LaFonza? Yeah, we flew with Fonza. They like mess up our seats. We like paid, ex- I paid extra for us to sit by each other. Um, they like messed up our seats, but luckily there's like a spot near me. So Joe just came and sat next to me. Yeah, giant airplane, giant airplane. Huge. Um, and we, um, I guess we're just like uh, on our merry way off to Germany. So we just, I think we slept on the plane ride. I think we played a few games. Uh, we like to play Gin Rami, so we might have played some Gin Rami. Um, got to Germany and. Um, got to Germany, ate some schnitzel, hopped on the connection flight to Greece, and then uh, we rolled into Greece. We flew in maybe around, I don't know, 8 p.m. or so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and then we had to hustle because we had a buddy that was waiting for us at the hostel. Um, he had been there a few hours before and we were going to meet up with him. So we called an Uber, which they had in Greece. That was clutch. Mm-hmm. Uh, rolled up on the hostel, maybe around like 9, 10 p.m. Dropped off our stuff and then went straight up to the hostel bar. They had like a rooftop bar on this hostel mm-hmm. in Athens. Uh, just this awesome view. This is the first time I saw the Acropolis. Mm-hmm. And it's just... So how Athens is set up is it's just this giant plateau in the middle of the city that has like the Acropolis, like Panthenon, like Is it all the Panthenon these, like, or Parthenon? Uh, I don't know. One of the two. And 
it's just this big plateau with all these like ruins on top of it in the middle of the town it's all lit up so at night it just looks like super cool especially if you can get like a rooftop view of it yeah so we we, we come to this hostel bar and my buddy's there he's made some friends um drinks are just super cheap like i was just buying shots i bought like 10 shots they were like one euro a piece mm -hmm. and uh we made some friends and then i think we got invited to uh, a party right well we we should we should mention so i mean as all the listeners probably know joe is an engineer but he like just retired from his job so he like told these people that he's a retired engineer and they immediately like glued onto you because <laughs> Joe was like buying drinks for everyone yeah. and then I was like Joe you have to be careful about who you're telling people I know. you know and then had all these old Albanian friends just surrounding <laughs> following me around for the rest of the night yeah um so yeah we went to this party and I was like hungry because I've just flown and I'm like a food person like I mentioned so um I was like, Joe, I want to leave. Like, I need to eat. So we left, and we were kind of, like, strolling, and we, like, walked upon this, like, beautiful courtyard with, like, vines and trees and Greek music playing. And, yeah, and, um, and this is around, like, 11, 12 o'clock or yeah, something like that. Yeah, and this is, like, our first experience because, like, everyone in Europe eats uh, dinner, like, pretty late. So we... Yeah. Um, um, we like sat down and it was just like beautiful. It was like it was just like a really magical moment because we had like had the most stressful time flying there, like almost missing our flight, almost missing this really really expensive tour we had the next day. Um, it was just I, I think we were just like under a lot of stress and this is like super special. And then we looked at this menu and everything's so cheap. And this is uh this is the first uh, time that me and Joe um, ordered way too much food in Europe and we still do this because everything's so much cheaper and like you know in america you normally you get a meal it's like 15 dollars, and then the other person gets like a main dish it's 15 dollars. but here everything's like six seven eight dollars so then you're like oh i'll get like four things <laughs> and then you have just way too much food so yeah that's what we did we i think you had like uh you had veal i ordered a t-bone yeah i think it was lamb i think it came lamb okay i'm just thinking about it veal or lamb I had like a chicken dish, we had tzatziki, we had, we had dolmas, we had Greek salad. Greek salad, we had pita bread. It was just, it was way too much food, but we were like in food heaven. It was so, so good. Um, then we called your friend and told him to come, and he was like about to leave, so he came, and then we gave him like all of our scraps. <laughs> yeah, we had way too much food. We had to we call in some backup. Yeah. We had too much wine. Like we had, a, oh, we had yeah. like a liter of wine. Or couple liters of wine that we bought for like 10 bucks yeah so a lot of the like greek restaurants um especially in the mainland they will just have like house wine so like they will brew their own wine in the restaurant um and it's super cheap like maybe like five six seven eight euros for a full liter which is a lot of wine i think a uh, bottle of wine is 0.75 uh yes 0.75 liter yeah it's 0.75 liters so it's over a bottle and you know we would split like one of those and be having a really nice time <laughs> so yeah we had a liter of wine and then i'll let you say the next part yeah so we were in sort of a dodgy neighborhood i would say it wasn't dodgy but like uh it was, uh, was kind of dodgy and as we were walking home um we had a couple of this was our first encounter with gypsies um 
not real gypsies, but just like the kids. Like there's like a bunch of like six, seven, eight year olds just like running around the streets at like two, one, two a.m. just trying to like sell stuff or like steal your money or whatever. Well, I think we should kind of like give a little background on like the uh, Roma people of Europe because they've been persecuted for like like hundreds of years and they're kind of like a group that's on the fringes of society um and they're very like underprivileged underprivileged and um there's a lot of like historical um racism that are involved with that group so i think that's something to look into and we don't want to be like disrespectful of the Roma people by telling the story it's just um it's just what happened to us yeah so uh, specifically, one of the little gypsy kids, or Roma kids, was a little, a little aggressive, a little more aggressive than the rest of them. He was this little boy, probably around the age, age of like we eight or nine years old. We don't know if they were gypsies. Old. They might have just been like a, a thief. Yes. Just a side note. So this little kid just comes up and he's just like, he's badgering us. It's like me, Jenny, and like our friend Logan. And he just like, I don't even think he was speaking English. He just kept like asking us for money. And we were like, no, we don't have any money. Like go along go along and then he just kept badgering us until finally jenny just like pushed this poor little no, oppressed not, gypsy kid I did not and push, shoved him. this eight-year-old i did not push this child I, <laughs> she pushed the child i told him you know run along because he was like in our face and so i told him to run along he got very very upset and tried to punch me um <laughs> luckily i ducked and he didn't hit me um first of many fights that jenny's gotten on, on the street oh my goodness <laughs> no and so uh yeah so we that happened um um and then we went back and we all passed out um and then we woke up and test Oh, we woke up and me and Joe needed to go to an ATM to get some money for the trip. So we went to an ATM. Yeah, my US dollar did not go as far as I thought it would. Not even the gypsies wanted it. So it was at that Joe, point we realized, okay, the, the Roma didn't no, even don't, want it. They could have been a thief. We just, we don't really know. Okay, the thieves didn't want it. So uh, I realized that we needed to get some euros like ASAP. So that's the first thing we did the next day. Yeah. We, went, we found an ATM. Yes. Got, so got some euros and then what? We had some breakfast. So we went to go get money and then we stumbled upon this breakfast place and we ordered way too much food. Again. Um yeah, again. And now we have kind of like this joke, um, because it's really like common to see tuna on pizza here. So Joe ordered tuna on pizza and me and Joe like hate tuna on pizza now. We think it's like disgusting. Um, so we had some of that. Joe like didn't eat it. Um, but it's alright. We brought it back for Logan. They had some baklava, so good. Um, and then we went back uh, to the hostel and gave Logan our scraps again. <laughs> and then we uh, Taz arrived, and I was uh, taking forever to get ready. Uh, Taz is our tour guide. We had a tour guide oh, yeah. set for like a several day tour. Yeah, and, and uh, we paid all this money for it. So that's why we were really stressed out about missing our flight. Exactly, because if we would have missed this tour, it just would have been. It would have derailed a mess. everything. Yeah, so we. Um, Taz arrives. I'm still getting ready. The boys go 
down there. I think they're like waiting for me for like 10 minutes. No, and... probably like 30, 35 oh, minutes. No way. That's an, that's an exaggeration, but. But um... Tez was cool. He was a, he's like an Australian Greek dude. So he had an Australian mm -hmm. accent, but also like spoke Greek. Yeah. And he was just super cool. Rolled up in like some Mercedes van and just. Yeah, with like cookies on the inside. He like got us special cookies and. Um... Yeah, we were off, I guess. Then we were off to uh, to Delphi. Yeah. Why don't you tell them what Delphi is? So Delphi is a historical site that was created in like before Christ. I, I don't know exactly when. It was like thousands, thousands of years, of years before Christ, um, which is which is a little insane to me because for me, I think of like civilization starting with Christ. Um, and I just feel like it wasn't advanced before Jesus came around. So I, I don't know. This is like very shocking to me to think that this is built before then. Um, um, so anyways, this is an ancient historical site for the Greek gods. Um, and uh, I would say like, I think like Southern Europe, like they worship Greek gods for thousands of years, mm -hmm. right? It's um, like all the Greek mythology came from here, like here specifically. And this is the location of the, the oracle. So yes. this is where the maidens would sit on top of the umphalos, right? yeah. This like egg. Yeah. And they would just like somehow hallucinate and uh, bring back all these visions from the oracle. Yeah. And it's so like, it's like this is where during 300 where Leonidas went to decide if he should go to war with the Persians or not. <laughs> so well, I think that's a little bit after. It's the same place. Okay. Okay. So, uh, the Oracle at Delphi. Mm, okay. So yeah, basically this place is like in the most beautiful location, like on a cliffside in this mountain, it's like green, gorgeous. It was very warm. Um, it just looked like, I don't even know how to describe it. It looks so picturesque. And we went into this beautiful museum before that was like really, really nice. And then we, Toward the runes, you yeah. didn't say what was in the runes. Well, before, so the museum was was epic. It just had all these like ancient sculptures, pottery, and all this, just thousands of year old things. And um, I think this is before like Ginny really had proper museum etiquette before we like really taught her that. So she would just like go around and just like touch everything, like all these like three thousand year old sculptures. She would just go and just start like getting all her finger oils all over them, like touching them and um i think you said that you did say that you felt something come off of them something something powerful come off of them yeah i felt some like three thousand year old uh finger oil from ancients come off on my fingers so the mixture was like really really nice no you said you felt a feeling can you talk like yeah it's the oil i think the, the finger oil. Did it give you any powers or any like, insight or anything? I, I think I did gain a little bit of insight. I think my I think I became a little bit more intelligent. In what ways? Don't ask me, but just in general. Yeah, so. But you too. So I was touching things and I was like, Joe, you've got to touch this. It's, it's powerful. It feels it's powerful. And so Joe would like touch it too. And so finally I'm like touching this like pot. And someone's like, don't touch that. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I was, but, but I was kind of like doing in secret um, the, the touching of the historical items. I feel really bad. I, I really just, 
I felt like if they didn't have like a gate around them, then I could just like touch it. Like I just have at it. I just didn't know. Like I really didn't know. So um, yeah, that, that happened in the museum. And then uh, so after the museum went to the ruins, there's like you know all the I don't know. Describe like what ruins were there. There's like well, there's a, all these temples. Like there's the Temple of Apollo, the Temple of Athena. Well, the Temple um, of Athena was like down more. It's all in the same location, but yeah, it's all these different temples, like leftover ruins. Like this used to be like a main cultural center. They have this amazing stadium at the very top of it, mm -hmm. like where they used to do like Olympic type games where mm -hmm. people would come from all over the world just to go there. We should add a little side note here because me and Joe keep talking about this. It's so interesting how for centuries people have been uh wrestling and like playing for sports and games and Competing. like yeah and, and me and joe were like kind of talking about like why is that like what is inherent in humans that we just want to like fight each other or entertain or i don't know i think this would be interesting if you have an, any insight message uh rosen roderick because um we've been kind of debating that a little bit anyways yeah. uh keep going uh, yeah, there's a ton to see at this spot. It was hot. Um, a lot of walking. I would definitely, like, if you were to go to Delphi, try to pick, like, an overcast day, maybe. Or, like, a day that's not too, like, burning hot. Wear a sun hat. Bring your sunscreen. Yeah. Uh, you but, know. But if you go to Greece. Or something. I don't know. If you go to Greece, you have to go to Delphi. Even though it's, like, a few hours out of Athens and away from most things. Because it was awesome. And we would love to recommend our tour guide to you if you are interested. He yeah. was incredible, and he used so great. much history about the site. And he always had cold waters in the van, ready to go. Yeah, which was so nice. So <laughs> uh, after that, then we left and um, went to a nice little restaurant on like a cliffside. There's a photo that Joe took there. There's like roses in the photo, and he's overlooking. And we had just... yeah, you can see a Jose four scores under. Cuervo. Four scores underscore. <laughs> Jose four score under. Oh, say Jose it. four underscores Cuervo. Yes. <laughs> four score. I'm getting like the Abraham Lincoln speech confused with it. Um, on Instagram. Yeah, you can see it there. Um. So, so uh, it's a really nice photo, and uh, Taz like recommended some really nice dishes to us. I think uh, Logan had like moussaka. You had. You had like something in like paper. It was like a, I don't know. It was like any poppy. I don't know. It was like lamb or something. I had more chicken skewers. That's pretty much my like thing that I had all throughout Greece. Well, you were you were upset because the dolmos came mm -hmm. with beef in it. And you don't eat beef, so you couldn't have the dolmos. Uh, that that made me so sad. I love dolmos, and um, yeah, we had like maybe two liters of wine. I think we had a red and a white this time. Normally we go for the, just the red. Yeah. Um, and I, I liked uh, traveling with Logan, your friend, because he's like, well, I'm on holiday, because he would just be, like, down for whatever. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was really nice. Yeah. And we needed that, because he, again, it was a reoccurring trend where he kept eating all the food and drinking all the wine that we couldn't finish. Yeah, yeah, so... Uh, thank you, Logan. <laughs> thank you, Logan. So then we drove for, like, another three hours um, to... Kalambaka or Kostraki. I don't remember which one was which. One is like, I think Kostraki is actually a small town. Kalambaka is the big town. I'm not sure. I might be getting them confused. We stayed in the smaller town. Um, and 
uh, this village is actually at the cliffs of, or at the base of the cliffs of Meteora. This is in northern Greece, right? Yes, this is in northern Greece. Um, Meteora are these uh, medieval uh, monasteries that were built uh, um, in on the very top of cliffs, like on cliff sides, because these rocks are just yeah insane rock formations. They're literally just uh, you know I don't know how to describe it. They think, just... think like Yosemite, think like uh, Half Dome, that type of thing. Like maybe a little bit smaller than that, but there's all these like giant rocks that just protruded out of the earth, or like a, a Devil's Tower in Wyoming, if you know what that is. But these things are like all over, and at the very top of them, they just assembled all these monasteries and nunneries. There's a good like dozen plus of these just on different cliffs throughout this like town. Yeah. And uh, they're giants. Yeah, Tez just like drove us around in this tour bus and he just like drive us up to each one and let us go. Um, I think that the the monks were a little bit more like relaxed and chill than the nuns. Um, I don't think the one nuns liked me very much. Uh, and this is the beginning of when Joe started started getting yelled at very often. I'll let Joe kind of tell the story. Well, so we first rolled up to our first nunnery, like after going to a, a monastery. And Sorry, there's flies, guys. The first thing they did was they like, they looked at my shorts and they're like, oh, your shorts are too short. And then they like gave me a pair of like paper pants to wear or something. So I had to like wear these paper pants. I'm like, okay, the nuns can't handle it. It's all right, I get it. And then we go in and we're in the monastery. We're like looking around. And then, um, I don't know, maybe you should tell this part. Gosh. I might be a little bit biased. Sorry, guys, there's so many flies. I'm going to cover up our little pastry really quick. Um, what the? Just eat the pastry. Well, I don't want to eat it on camera because then I'll be like slurping and. Oh, yeah. Good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, uh, well, first we go to this monastery and Joe um, got the okay for his shorts there. They were just strict. It was a small one. And um, there's the tabernacle, which is kind of like a hidden, very secret part of the uh, monastery that people are just, you know, the common person isn't supposed to see. So um, there's like a, a like what I what do you call it a shroud or would you call it like, curtains? It's a curtain. There is like a behind thick, the altar. There's a curtain. And the, and remember these are these are medieval, so I think they I want to say like they're built like five hundred um, A.D. So um, Joe sees this curtain in this ancient historical site. Joe just opens up the curtain and he's like taking his photo and he's like full flash. Yeah, he's like flash taking photos inside the tabernacle, which is like nuts and he's like Ginny come look at this and of course I'm curious so I like take a look <laughs> and then uh, he got away with that one so um we'll go to the next one this is when Joe got uh dress coded and had to put on his shorts um Joe does it again he pulls it open except uh the nuns are on high alert at this one <laughs> um they come after Joe they're like delete those photos like yeah. they full-on yelled at Joe I don't know if it's the first time I got yelled at in the trip but it might have been <laughs> yeah and then uh as it turns out later we looked at some of the photos Joe was taking um at this nunnery and he was taking all the photos of the little devils Bad news, bad news. What's up with that, Joe? He's trying to document the uh, document the monastery. Remember <laughs> Keep good documentation. Uh, so, um... But luckily I deleted the pictures, so I didn't get in trouble. Um, yeah. I just got yelled at, 
and then I, I think we shortly left after that and just kept mm -hmm. going to these different monasteries, which were awesome. And you can again, you can see pictures on my Instagram at Jose underscore four. Just kidding, four underscore square bow. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they're really nice. Um, so after that, we um, it was time for us to go back home. So we were in the car for like five hours. We pull up to Thermopylae, which is where the Battle of 300 occurred. I have to be honest, it's not um, it wasn't that special of a spot. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. <laughs> yeah, there, um, there's really nothing to see. It's like they think it kind of happened there, so they like put a statue or two of some Spartans, yeah, and then they like let us walk walk around in a wash for like 15 minutes yeah it you know i wouldn't recommend it it wasn't um it wasn't very like worth it to go see but it was just like way out in the middle of nowhere um but they did have some hot springs they took us to afterwards which was cool which is one of these seven sorry there's so many flies around us right now which is one of the seven entrances of Hades, actually um which is in greek mythology so we got to see one of those what does uh, that mean what is the seven entrances of Hades mean? So there's seven entrances of the Greek god Hades. So like the devil? I don't like know. Like there's seven ways to enter the Greek god Hades? Yeah. Got it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, listen, I'm not an expert here. Um, um, but the thing with the, the hot springs is if you ever do it, make sure you take off all your jewelry beforehand. Oh, yeah. Especially your silver, because uh, her silver turned black. Yeah, and I didn't get it fixed until we got to the Greek islands. Yeah. Um, so then we um, were done with that, and we went back to um, the mainland, or I mean Athens. Um, mm -hmm. It was like full day. I think it was evening. We got back. We were pretty tired, but we wanted to get like a drink somewhere. So I found this pretty cool rooftop bar that we went to. Um, we had some like espresso martinis and... Um, it was just beautiful. You could see the Acropolis and you know, Parthenon, Pantheon, I don't know what it is. Mm. Um, it was just really, really beautiful. And then um, we wanted to do a really big day at the Parthenon in the... Um, Acropolis the next day. Yeah, so I think we just went back after that. And then... Um, we did the Parthenon and the Acropolis. What was like your favorite part about that area, or like what do you remember the most? Or, um, I remember. So fortunately, sorry, <laughs> fortunately it was like during COVID time, so like they were limiting the amount of people that were entering everything. So I think we got like pretty rare experience where we got to see a lot of these museums and uh, archaeological sites where there was just like not that many people around, which was cool. Uh, so we got some good pics there. Uh, and then we also went to the Archaeological Museum in Athens, which was awesome. It was cool. I think Jenny got yelled at for touching more pottery oh, there. Oh, no. No, you got yelled at. Remember you are doing the pose? <laughs> okay. So there's a statue of, like, either Zeus or Poseidon. It's, like, a famous bronze statue. They don't know who it is because it's just, like, a picture of them holding something. But, like, whatever that something was is gone. And they don't know if it was a trident or a spear which determines if it's Zeus or, or uh, Poseidon or Zeus. So anyways, he's just making some like weird pose, Heisman-like pose. And uh, we, <laughs> I went in front and I like did the same pose. And I was like, here, Jenny, take my picture. And then next thing I know, I just like, there's just like some dude 
with a mask running at me, like yelling at me. And I like, don't know what he's saying, so I'm just like still holding the pose, hoping Jenny's gonna take the picture, trying to hold that frame. And uh, eventually we like understand that he's like, oh, you can't pose like he's posing. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, not sure if we got the picture or not. I don't think so. We got some other good pictures of it. Yeah. You can see on my Instagram. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was the second time I got yelled at <laughs> in Greece in two days. <laughs> and then, yeah, there's an awesome museum. It was a very nice up. museum. And uh, what else? What else is there to say about mainland Greece? Definitely go to the museum. Definitely go to the Acropolis and the Parthenon. Um, that whole hill area is really beautiful. Um, I think like a few side notes is, um, you know, just keep your wits about you in uh, Athens. You know, there's a lot of pickpockets and um, just be careful. Um, oh, wow. I think we have a movie review too. We do. So I'll let I you. I think you said the wrong title too. It's A Quiet Place Oh, what did I say? Too. I said Cabin in the Woods. A Cabin in the Woods. Oh, yeah. It's a, a Quiet Place too. is the movie review. And before we close out on any uh, thoughts we had on mainland Greece, we'll read this. Yeah. Deliver the music, the movie review. Do you want to split we'll it with me or do you want me to just do the whole thing? I want you to bang it out, do the whole thing. Okay, I'm going to have to be drinking some water throughout this because my lips are a bit chapped and I'm a little dehydrated right now. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Movie, A Quiet Place, part two. Where to watch? Paramount Plus or available to rent on demand? What it's about? Picking up where the last film left off, what's left of the family adventures um, from their home in search of other survivors while attempting to evade the aliens that kill anything that makes a sound. Is it good? It is in fact quite the same emotional punch as the original, nor does it have anything as tense as the birthing scene from that first outing, but that hardly means it's lacking neither quality um, this is a top thriller that delivers exactly what fans think of the original, myself very included. Um, a lot. John Krasinski's success as a director of a horror franchise is one of the most pleasant film surprises in the last decade. He ventured into filmmaking earlier than most people realize. Helming a well-cast but wanting adaptation of David Foster Wallace's brief interviews with hideous men between the office's fourth and fifth season. He followed that up with the haulers, assembling another impressive cast, but failing to find the tonal balance between the film's moving drama and overly broad comedy. Through his first two films, Chris Ginsey had proven a competent, if uninspired, maker of earnest dramas, and there was no reason to believe his next work would be a thriller, let alone a near masterpiece. Yet, that's exactly what he did, and many of the same ingredients remain in his sequel. Chris Ginsey's clever use of sound going back and forth between normal sound and the total silence daughter Reagan's experiences is once again a highlight, building suspense and allowing us a better understanding of how Reagan navigates the world. Kraskinski's camera works remains effective at jump, building jump scenes and navigating action sequences, especially in the opening scene depicting the alien's arrival that allows him to truly flex his filmmaking muscles. Um, granted, that sequence doesn't make any sense for those with a clear memory of the first film, but it's enough fun to excuse that. While the creature design, essentially, essentially linkier versions of the Demogorgons from The Stranger Things, continues to be creepy. Of course, having a wife who's one of our best living actresses continues to not be so, continues to be a not so secret weapon as Emily Blunt 
was once again fantastic, but this time she takes a back seat to the children. The first film was squarely focused on parenthood. It dealt with everything from losing a child to giving birth to doing whatever it takes to keep your children safe um, up to giving your own life. That thematic structure is what gave the movie its emotional core and power. This one transfers that over to the children having to grow up in the wake of losing their father. Millicent Simmons Reagan drives the story, setting off to try and find other survivors. And she and Noah Jupe, as her younger brother Marcus, are every bit up to the challenge of leading this movie. Admittedly, none of this works particularly well if you haven't seen the first film. Knowing exactly what this family has been through and lost is what makes the emotional beats work, but it's to Chris Kinski's credit that he doesn't bog the film down with needless rehashings of flashbacks of the original events. Truly, my favorite thing about this film is how lean it is. With over triple the budget of the original, Chris Kinski could have easily padded this thing out to nearly two hours, but instead it clocks in at 97 minutes, barely longer than the original. Without giving too much away, there are two meetings with other two groups of survivors where Kaskinsi could have chosen to draw things out and delve deeper into exactly who these new characters are. A lot of filmmakers would have done so, and some viewers would likely be bothered with the lack of explanation for one of these groups. But Kaskinsi is smart enough to realize that the focus should remain on the Abbott family and that thrillers work so much better when you keep the tension ratcheted up. Indeed, the last half hour of this movie is nonstop suspense, and it is glorious. Don't see it unless you've already caught part one, but A Quiet Place 2 ably explains its world, features strong performances across the board, and delivers thrills like few films have since the original came out. Grade, B+. Other films to watch. Before you watch this one, A Quiet Place, for another intense thriller alert with a deaf protagonist, Hush, and for more families evading aliens, War of the Worlds. There you have it, another amazing movie review. Yeah. The official Roses and Rhetoric film correspondent, Joe Mass. And have you seen that movie yet? I've seen part one. Um, I haven't had a chance to see this one yet. It's kind of hard to get Wi-Fi in Europe. But once we get some good Wi-Fi, uh, definitely going to watch this. Um, love John Krasinski. I think everything he touches comes out super well. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if I've seen it, but I definitely am very enticed after reading that review. So I think uh, I'm going to have to. So that wraps it up for our movie review. Um, I just want to hand it back over to Ginny, see if she has any closing comments on mainland Greece or, uh, I don't know, anything that we've talked about so far you want to rehash on. No, I think we covered it pretty well. I mean, um, yeah, like I said, uh, definitely go to Delphi. Be careful. Keep your wits about you uh, anywhere you're traveling. Um, just enjoy it, too. It's cheap. It's fun. It's historical. Um, you can't really ask for much more when you're going somewhere. Yeah, so I think that's about <laughs> it for this episode. Um, yeah. Clocking in under an hour, cool. which is good. That's what we were going for. Um, we hope to very soon. Uh, continue these these uh, reviews and take the next location would be the Greek islands, mm -hmm. um, which includes Santorini, Mykonos, and Crete. Yeah. So we'll be talking about those next time. Um, why don't you plug your socials and then uh, we'll close it out. Yeah, feel free to follow me at Jimmy Kitties on Instagram. That's my main account. If you're interested in my foodie adventures, like I kind of talked about earlier, 
you follow my food account at Jenny Eats. And if you want to listen to my podcast at uh, GNT, I know I have a lot of Instagram accounts that uh, got to keep it interesting. And I don't want to bog down uh, any of the pages with other stuff. So, yep. And like always, you can follow me at Jose four underscores Cuervo. Um, or you could follow the Instagram of Roses Rhetoric, Roses underscore Rhetoric. Um, that's the same handle for Twitter, too, which we uh, post all the time on. Um, so message us there, talk to us there, find us there. And yeah. I think that's about it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yep, so this is Joseph Stanford on behalf of Jenny's Kitties saying ciao. Ciao.